My name is Walker, a.k.a. The Retail Ranger. It is my job to keep you free from food safety danger. The other is to make sure that stuff gets on the shelf. It's harder than it looks. I can't do it by myself. Welcome to Walker, Retail Ranger. What's up, everybody? I'm Walker, Retail Ranger. This podcast is about my personal and professional experiences from working in the retail industry for 35 years. Each week, we'll have a different co-host and an interview with another retail ranger. The views and opinions in this podcast are mine and not those of my employer. Now it's time for Walker, Retail Ranger. Hey, Retail Rangers, it's Walker. Hey, do me a solid and support your local food pantries. Um, you'd be surprised how many folks are food insecure in your local community. I know we have several out here in my county. Um, it is quite surprising when I volunteered there and to see my neighbors, my friends, my customers in there using that just so they can get food on their tables. So if you could do something to support your local food pantry, whether it's contributing to a food drive, creating one, uh, volunteering at one, or financially helping one, that would be really cool. I've decided that any merchandise... Um, profit that we make off of any of that merchandise is going to go all the proceeds are going to go right to my local food pantry that i help support here locally so please support your local food pantries it's the right thing to do thanks hey everybody it's walker retail ranger today is wednesday february 2nd 2022 also known as groundhog day here in the western western part of the world Hey, Liz, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing good. Apparently, I saw my shadow. <laughs> and uh, Now there's six more weeks of winter. How do you feel oh, about that? Wonderful. Yeah, you're feeling that, aren't you? Dang it. Uh, I actually read a little bit earlier, there was a uh, there's a counterpart of Punxsutawney Phil, who lives over in England, who didn't see his shadow. So they're going to have an early spring in England. How well, do you feel about that? That's not fair. It's not. And how can they... I don't know. There's two groundhogs? Yes, there is more than one groundhog. I, I did not know that. I did not know that. So, hey, uh, today we're going to kind of expand a little bit more upon private brands and what they are, what they mean. And Liz, you're a fervent shopper of private brand items, aren't you? Yes, I am. Yes, you are. So, when I go back to when I was a kid, back in the 80s and 90s, probably the earlier 80s, um, I remember these things called generics. That's what they were referred to in the grocery stores. Remember those? Oh, I remember. So it'd be like a white box that said macaroni and cheese in black letters. Mm-hmm. And that was literally it. Do you remember those? I remember. So funny story. I'm a smoker. And oh. I know shame, shame. It helps me deal with the everyday stress of being a retail ranger. That and beer. But... Going back when I was a kid, I was 13 or 14 years old, and for Christmas one year, in my stocking, (laughs) was a carton of generic cigarettes. Can you believe Santa brought me cigarettes? Knowing my mom, yes, you can. (laughs) Yeah, I believe it. Yes, you can. They were yellow, and they said cigarettes, and if I'm not mistaken, they were like 13 or $14 a carton back then, so... Yeah, it's a little bit of me that uh, I'm not proud of, but it is what it is, and it's kind of funny, and that's who part of what made me who I am today, a long-term smoker. Oh, great. So there are different tiers of private labels, and I don't know if a lot of folks know that, but there's usually like an entry-level version, 
There's the mid-range store brand version. And then some store brands actually have a premium tier version. Did you know that? Yes, I did. Okay. All right. So as you can imagine, the price and quality of those three levels are probably commensurate with what the level is. Um, I've done a lot of reading about private label. It usually accounts for about 20% of the market share in grocery stores. Did you know that? Interesting. Yeah. And they said like 85%... Um, of customers feel that it's quality or the quality of private brands are equal to or better than national brands. So I thought that was pretty cool. I agree with that. Do you? For the most part. All right. So were there, are there items that you absolutely will buy private brand and you, and there are stuff, some stuff you won't buy? I am um, a little spoiled to my coffee. So coffee <laughs> has to be. Hey Roddy, you like private <laughs> brand dog food? <laughs> Yeah, he does. Actually, he does. He eats private brand um, from a big box retailer, their their brand of wet dog food. Oh, that's true. He does. He does like that. So Roddy, our dog, um, happened to jump in and chime in on that. So he he, he supports private brand. I'm sorry. Um, coffee is something I have to have name brand. Okay, that's fair. Um, but most other things I'm okay with, except for you love your blue box mac and cheese. Oh, yes. Um, yes. I have tried the generic of that, and that was not good. So you even called it generic. See, that, yeah, that, that, that's part I of know. our, uh, that's what we, what we grew up on. But yeah, I agree. I am a stickler for the blue box stuff, we'll just say. Um, I guess that's because I grew up very, very poor, and getting the blue box mac and cheese was a treat. Was that in your stocking, too? Might have been the year before. Uh, I don't know. I kind, of, I kind of blank out thinking about it. I think the, the cigarettes in the stocking kind of takes the cake yeah, of all time. Yeah. Um, but I actually was reading, too, that... Um, well, no, we, I don't think we finished. You said you like pretty much everything except for coffee and the mac and cheese. Was there any... I didn't want to, like, gloss over No, that. really. Everything else I've tried is um, pretty... Comparable, yeah, to name brand. Yeah, I know. Like some store brands actually will have like their upper echelon or upper tier. Mm-hmm. Some of that stuff is actually more gourmet than the national brand it, stuff. Yes, it um, is. Like I know some candies. With the company that I work for, I know their candies are like unbelievable, just because it's like legit chocolate, mm-hmm. and th- those are actually treats too. But um, I know usually there's a push in some grocery stores. Sometimes they'll They'll try to get you to really merchandise the private brand stuff because it has a better uh, profit margin to it. Right. Generally. And that's generally because the uh, advertising doesn't have to be there. Oh, that's true. Yeah. You don't see, I mean, you might see the blue box stuff, macaroni and cheese advertised on TV, but you're not going to see, you know, Joe's grocery store mac and cheese advertised (laughs) on TV. No, you would not. So that savings, that's kind of how you get the savings on the private brand stuff. But that category has really grown over the years. And uh, one thing that I saw when I was Googling stuff on the interweb today was that grocery stores account for, let me see if I can find this thing because I don't want to mess this up because it was such a huge figure. Um, Grocery store sales have grown dramatically since the 90s. Okay. In, ni- in 2020, grocery store sales in the United States amounted to $759 billion. That's crazy. $759 billion. So, of course, I go to the happy calculator here because I like <laughs> stats and data, right? Mm-hmm. 
Well, I we have about 330 million people that live in the United States. You know, every range. Obviously, a one-year-old isn't going to make purchases at the grocery store. True. But that that 759 billion equates to 2,300 dollars per living being in the United States per year. Per year. Okay. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. So, I mean, if you take the kids that don't shop, you know, I don't know what percentage of the population is under 18 or what other percent of the population does not shop. But, I mean, if you think about how much folks actually spend on groceries every single year here in the United States specifically, private brands can really be a big, big part of their savings when they're shopping. So I guess that's kind of where I was going with that, that don't, don't sleep on private brands. I mean, at least give them a try. And a lot of grocery stores will offer your money back, obviously, if you don't like their product, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you don't have a problem returning anything if, if it doesn't meet your specs. No. Well, speaking of uh, not meeting specs, we're going to kind of twist a little bit here. Yeah, you're starting to get tense there, Liz. <laughs> so, for those of you who don't know, Liz is my beautiful wife, my beautiful co-host, and a... An aspiring chef in her own way. She's a great baker. She's a great cook. And I should be 400 pounds in all reality. But since I maintain that sense of urgency at work, I stay fit. Plus, I starve myself and drink energy drinks. But So today we're going to talk about some of uh, Liz's expectations when it comes to food. And how hers differ from mine. And I'll give you an example. So ranch dressing has oh. an expiration date from the company, right? And you get it, you bring it home, you open it up, you use it, put the cap back on, you put it back in the fridge. Well, we have found here in the retail ranger household that ranch dressing has an expiration date pretty much before you open it, <laughs> is the way I look at it. Like, you buy it, you're already negative three days. You Speak about that, Liz. Why, why do... I don't know what it is. I like it when it's fresh. Okay. Like blue cheese, I'm good. All right. Um, I don't know. It, if it sits in the refrigerator for two to three weeks after it's been open, I just, it's got to go. I just, I don't know. When I open that cap, it just smells different. Okay. Well, the good thing is I'm more of a blue cheese fan than a ranch. Right. So, so I don't have to stress and stock up on ranch dressing. But, so 99.9% of the time when Liz makes dinner or anything it is the best thing that i've ever had well thank you sweetie well and that's that's absolutely true and anybody that's eaten over here will attest to that however <laughs> and i'm sorry for calling this out and it might might impact my dinner later but uh the other night we had meatloaf Oy. well let me just start off by saying too the last meatloaf prior to this one was amazing the best meatloaf i've ever had probably made with some private brand stuff in there Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, she, uh, since Liz, since you retired from being a retail ranger, you've actually started cooking and prepping ahead of time and putting some stuff in the big freezer, right? Yeah, makes right? it easier. Makes it easier. Well, I believe you had a couple loaves of meat. Yeah. That uh, one came downstairs the other day. And one's going outside. And, and the, other, the, the other loaf of meat will be used as a brick in the patio. Yeah. Oh so, gosh. so what happened with that meatloaf, Liz? I don't know. I got two Gigi. Okay. Say more about that. I, well, I was trying to make it my own. Okay. I wasn't I wasn't really following a recipe just from making it over the last few years. But I think I put too many breadcrumbs. And then 
it would look too stiff. So I'd add more milk and then it looked too loose. So it, it was a vicious cycle. And then she got a little loose. I'm not going to lie. Oh my God. It was like mush. It, it fell, up, fell apart pretty good. And then you even tried to save it by I cutting it. I had to it. break it up. It looked like hash <laughs> just to get some of that yeah. water out. Yeah, it did. It was, it uh, was bad. It, it was, was bad. bad. And it's not very often that I, I will admit to Liz that something was bad, but uh, I, I, I couldn't. I couldn't fib I on it. Should have just thrown it in the trash. You probably should have. Um, hey, <laughs> no, uh, it well, was bad. And it the trash bad. did go out yesterday, so that would have that would have been all right. But anyways, and there was another thing that happened. I think the same day or next day. Same day. So Usually, you, when I make something bad, I make something else bad that day. Okay, so that happened. So I'm off my game. So what was that item? Uh, was trying to make Buckeye brownies. Okay. So. I kind of sped through the recipe, didn't realize that you were supposed to bake the brownies first and then put the peanut butter right. with the confectioner's sugar and the chocolate after. And, um, yeah, it was just pretty horrible. I, that went out in the trash this morning. So I know baking is a science. Like cooking, yes, like regular is. food is one thing. You can kind of flow do what you need but baking i know is, is fairly exact and you got to follow the direction i have learned that i baked that thing for like an hour and a half i was like oh my god these things are gonna be like a brick they, they were good they were not good you didn't eat any i did i ate one oh two i tried one the next day <laughs> and i uh i used the old crumble it up in a napkin trick when she wasn't looking oh, you didn't know that did you no i did not no um so yeah so sometimes they fail, but, well, actually, I'm going to call you out here. You had also made a cake. Oh, daggone. Right? I was trying to make a dreamsicle cake. Which sounds amazing. Just, you had me a dreamsicle. But I don't know what went wrong. I don't know. I didn't even get to taste that one, folks. No, that, that one, went in the trash before he even got home. Yeah, so when, when I get home and the house smells good... I got to be careful because if I ask her what's for dinner and that's what's actually in the trash, <laughs> even though it smelt good, I have to hear an earful oh, of, sh- of what went wrong <laughs> and how horrible she is at cooking. And, and then I, I have to remind her, you know, you're going to have a bad day. It, it's fine. And there's plenty of food that you've prepared ahead of time. And, and I will tell you, like for, for instance, tonight, I saw her preparing chicken drumsticks and I think some thighs, right? Yes. They're brining right now, right? Yes. <laughs> so I asked her what we're having for dinner, and we're having one of my absolute favorites, which we affectionately refer to as LFC. It's Liz's Fried Chicken. <laughs> it is better than the other initial oh. place, hands down. You're too kind. No, I, I speak the truth, and I know there's some listeners out there that have had it that will back me up on this. <laughs> but I don't know. I, I thought it was just kind of cool to talk about some of your... Epic fails. We'll, we'll say, we can say epic fails, but y- your successes are generally like on time. Like wow, well, thank it, it's you. Like twenty four six. We'll give you twenty four six. So work. Um, that's pretty much that for for our episode today. Um, I want to thank you for coming by, uh, and thank you for Roddy for chiming in as a. Uh, he was originally an unlisted guest, but he he said his piece so. All right, well, thank you for tuning in today, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Goodbye, Liz. Bye, y'all. Peace. Peace. Hey, Retail Rangers, don't forget to check out walkerretailranger.com. 
could be how you found this podcast, but there's an About Us uh, link on there that you can ask questions or submit some topics for future podcasts if you'd like. Um, I'm pretty new to this building a website thing. I'm kind of learning as I go. I'm a retail ranger, not an IT guy, um, but so far the analytics are showing that I'm pretty big in Belgium. Just saying. WalkerRetailRanger.com Thank you for listening to us and letting us be ourselves. We appreciate what you do to get stuff on the shelves. Stay safe out there. Do what you can to avoid any danger. Have fun, work hard, and be a retail ranger. You've been listening to Walker Retail Ranger.